All right, if you take God's precious word and turn to the book of Proverbs, please. Proverbs chapter 3. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 5 and 6 tonight. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Give her one time to turn there. After giving us an introduction to the book of Proverbs, Solomon started giving us practical wisdom in chapter 3. We finished up in verse 4 last week, uh, and now, God willing, we're going to continue in verse 5, and we're going to find that uh, one of the most memorized, one of the most useful passages in the Bible is verse 5 and 6. How many of y'all have it memorized? Curious. Well, if you don't, you should. This is one that every Christian should commit to memory for their entire life. I was fortunate enough to have gone to a Christian school for a few years when I was young, and they taught us scriptures to memorize, and and I have been blessed by having those memorized uh, my entire life. So thankful that, that someone taught me to memorize these scriptures. And uh, in verse 5, Solomon says, Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Now, trust is something that's easily misunderstood. And the reason is, is because trust and trust and faith are the same thing. Trust is not something that people can see. But the Bible does a very good job of putting skin on trust for us, okay? Does a good job of giving us physical illustrations so we can understand the spiritual aspect of trust or faith. And then we can have a good idea of how to uh, trust ourselves. So the Hebrew word that's translated trust here, if you're taking notes, write down the word H I. E, the Hebrew word translated trust here, it means to high. Not to hide, but to high, H-I-E. And the word high, which we don't use very often in our English language, but it is an English word, and the word high means to go quickly. To go quickly. So if the Hebrew word for trust means to high, Trust in the Lord. And it doesn't mean just to go quickly, but it means to go quickly for refuge. To run quickly for refuge. So if the Hebrew word for trust is to high, to go quickly for refuge, and Solomon is saying trust in the Lord, then Solomon is literally saying to go quickly for refuge. He's telling us, to go quickly to a safe place. You see, there's a lot of dangers out there for the child of God. People of God have a lot of enemies. There are a lot of snares the devil sets for God's people. Most of us have seen uh, people caught in those snares. 
probably all of us have set our foot in there a few times ourselves. We still got a little pain on that foot from stepping in those snares. But there are a lot of snares the devil sets for God's people. So people need a safe place to go where they can walk in confidence and know they're not going to step on a snare. How many of y'all know um, uh, Brother Tim Lee? Y'all ever heard of Tim Lee? Anybody? A few people? If y'all know his story, when he was in Vietnam, and I know Tim Lee, I love Brother Lee, when, when he was in Vietnam, his job was to scan the fields for mines, landmines, before the troops went in. And one day he went ahead and he was sweeping ahead of his men that he was in charge of. He was a leader, and he went out in front, and as he was sweeping, he missed one, and he stepped on one and blew his leg off. Legs off, both his legs off. And uh, uh, people need a safe place where they can walk and not have to worry about getting caught in the devil's snares. And that safe place, Solomon says, is in the Lord. Trust where? Trust in the Lord. Go quickly to find refuge in the Lord. That's literally what Solomon is saying. So the Lord then is seen here as a a strong shelter, a place of refuge that we can run into. And for those who always fear that they're not qualified to run into the shelter of the Lord, because a lot of people say, well, I I don't don't feel I deserve it. I feel I need to be punished some. You know, a lot of people do that. Something happens, they feel they need to be punished. They need to go through some pain. They need to do something to make up for some sin that they've committed. And and then they'll feel a little more deserving after they've gone through something. They kind of punish themselves and, and they don't fear uh, they they don't feel like they can run to the Lord and, and take refuge in Him in daily things. I'm talking about Christians. In daily things. They've taken refuge in Him for His salvation, for His death for them on the cross, but they, they feel reluctant to, to crawl up in His lap and take refuge there in their Heavenly Father. And for those who feel that way, and I know there's some listening right now who do, for those who feel that maybe they're too sinful and perhaps unqualified to flee to safety, in Jehovah, in their daily walk. I want you to notice that this is not an invitation to flee to the Lord. This is a command. It's a command. Yeah, isn't that good, brother? You know why it's good too, don't you? (laughs) Because if we're commanded to trust in the Lord, then we're certainly allowed to trust in the Lord. It's a command. Trust in the Lord. Hurry. For refuge to the Lord. That's what you're commanded to do. And if God requires you, then rest assured God desires you. If God requires you, God desires you. If God requires you, then He authorizes you. Jesus said, people that aren't well are the ones who need a doctor. The people who aren't sick don't need a doctor. And Jesus came for people who know they are spiritually sick. Listen, if you were good enough to be uh, spiritually 
safe on your own, God would have never told you to run to Him for refuge, right? We need to also notice something very important about how we are to go to the Lord, how we are to run to Him. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to have to pause here because this cord is giving me uh, fits, and I need to use my little clip here to put in its place. If not, I'll be thinking about it the rest of the sermon. That's much, much better. I want you to notice how he says we're to hurry and go to the Lord for refuge. He didn't say, go quickly with your feet. He didn't say, go with a fast horse or hop in your automobile and step on it to the Lord. How did he tell us to go to the Lord with what? All of your heart. Your heart with all thine heart. Why? Because it's our heart that needs protection more than anything else. Our heart is where we get afraid. Our heart is where we get confused. (laughs) Our heart is where sin originates. Our heart is what gets troubled and burdened down with the, the stress and the grief of this world. Our heart is what gets led astray by false doctrine or by our own reasoning, as Solomon also mentions here. So our heart needs a safe place where the burdens can be lifted, where the fears can be stilled, where the darkness can be scattered by light, and where the stains of sin can be washed away. Stains of guilt can be washed away. And that place, Solomon says, is in the Lord. That's where our hearts to go. Our hearts are commanded to high, to go quickly to the Lord for these things. Yes, to go immediately to the Lord when temptation knocks at your door. Don't delay. Run quickly. Temptation starts knocking at your door. You've got one or two things you can do. We've all done, hopefully both. I know all of us have done one. When that temptation comes knocking at your door, ooh, that desire starts welling up in your flesh. That's when Solomon says, run quickly. Run quickly to the Lord for refuge. Because if we don't run quickly, you know what's going to happen? We'll start thinking about that temptation. The more you think about it, the stronger it's going to get. The more you entertain that idea, the stronger it's going to get. The more of a hold it's going to get on your heart. And next thing you know, you start thinking about the temptation. You start trying to talk yourself out of it, but you're still thinking about it. You're not running to the Lord. You're not hying to the Lord for refuge. And next thing you know, you're reasoning it. Next thing you know, you're excusing it. Next thing you know, you're doing it. Anyone ever experienced that before? Sure you have. That's why he says, hi, hi to the Lord, run to the Lord quickly. Immediately when temptation knocks at your heart's door, immediately when fear pounces upon your heart, run to him then. If you don't, that fear will then turn to panic and that panic will turn to stress and that stress will turn to unbelief. Run quickly. 
When temptation and fear comes, run quickly when confusion begins to dizzy your heart. Suddenly your heart gets confused about something. Oh, some Bible doctrine, some scripture, something. You get confused about it. And what do you do? Run quickly to the Lord. Hi there. When deception tries to creep its way into your heart, hasten to the Lord in these times. Hasten to the Lord in these times. Look back in your text. And lean not unto thine own understanding. The Hebrew word translated lean here, it means to support yourself. And let's suppose an elderly person comes in here, and every now and then we'll see someone come in here with uh, a, a walker. They've got this walker out here, and they can't fully support themselves. So, well, there's one right over there. Uh, Brother Neil comes in with this walker, and he's using that walker. He's leaning on that walker, aren't you, Brother Neil? He didn't just shove it like it's some kind of grocery cart. He's putting some weight on that walker, and that by putting his weight on it, by leaning on it, that walker is helping to support him whenever he walks in. That's what the word lean here means in Hebrew and what it means uh, in our English language as well. And, and, uh, and so when we use the word lean today like this, we're describing a way of uh, putting our confidence or our trust in someone as well, aren't we? Sometimes we might hear someone say, I lean heavily on that particular person. We hear them say that, don't we? I, 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 he really leans heavily, heavy on, on his wife or heavy on this person at work. Another way of saying trust, putting your confidence in someone. Uh, or we might say, we all need somebody to lean on. That would make a good song title one day. I may write that, Brother Doug. But we all need somebody to lean on. Listen to how the king of Assyria... Use the idea of leaning to describe Hezekiah trusting in the army of Egypt. 2 Kings 18.21 2 Kings 18.21 The king of Assyria said, Now behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt, on which if a man lean, it will go into his hand and pierce it. You see how trusting and leaning are used interchangeably in that text? And so Hezekiah was being warned here that if he leaned on Pharaoh and his army too much, then it would be like a person, it would be like Brother Neil taking that walker, instead of having nice, grippy foam handles... He's got razor blades as handles. And so when he puts his weight on there to hold him up, it's going to cut through his hands. That's what the king of Assyria was telling Hezekiah. You're going to lean on Pharaoh and his army, but when you lean on it and you put your weight on it, it's going to pierce through your hands. You're going to do more damage than good putting your trust in Egypt. We all need support when we walk through life. And Solomon is telling us that we, we don't want to make the mistake of leaning, putting our trust on our own understanding. And this doesn't mean that we're 
not to use our head and think through things uh, whenever we're coming upon problems. God gives us a head. He expects us to use it. But it means we're to rely on God's Word as opposed to our own carnal reasoning. Makes sense? Anytime you're leaning one direction and the Bible is going in another direction, then you better hold up and change the direction you're going. You're leaning on your own understanding. Anytime the way you see something contradicts with what the Bible says, you're leaning on your own understanding, not on the understanding God's trying to give you. That's what Solomon's saying here. And I'll tell you, I have never, not one time in my life, I've had five children, I've got several grandchildren, I've been in, in, in a, I've lived quite a colorful life in uh, over a quarter century of law enforcement, and not one time have I ever regretted obeying the Bible. Not one time. Not one. But I have often regretted leaning on my own understanding. Many times have I went with what I thought would be the best thing to do, knowing what the Bible says, I went ahead and did what I thought anyway, and ended up paying for it. But not one time have I ever followed the Scripture and regretted it. And not one time will I ever in the future, I'm sure. Every time I've leaned on God's Word, I've always been well supported. No razor blades there. Every time I've leaned on my own flesh, contrary to His Word, I've always pierced my hand with my own thinking. Solomon says, don't lean upon your own understanding of things because we don't understand things the way we think we do. Instead, Solomon says, look back in verse 5 now, in all thy ways, acknowledge Him. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him. Remember the word ways means paths, means roads that you take. So Solomon's saying, in all the paths that you take in life, acknowledge God. Acknowledge God. Not in some of your ways that you take, but in all of your ways, acknowledge Him. The Hebrew word translated acknowledge here, it means to, to ascertain something or to know something by seeing it. By seeing it. By saying, I saw it with my own eyes. How do you know? Well, I saw it. That's what it means here when it says acknowledge. To know something by seeing it. So, well, how do we do that, Brother Richard? Well, Solomon is saying, in every path that you come to in life, look to God before you take it. That makes sense. In every path that you come to in life, look to God before you take that path. And if you look to God, then you will know the path you should travel. Acknowledge God as the rightful owner and the rightful manager of your life. Look to Him. Look to His Word to know the direction that you should go. Every decision we make, should be first brought before the Lord in prayer to see what He would have us do. Don't ever be presumptuous. Always think before you make a decision, what does God want me to do? You know what people do? <laughs> they, um, they like to 
they like to make up what they think God wants them to do. And then they like to blame God on the choice they make. I've seen it. I, there was a man one time, he used to tell me all the time, well, the Holy Spirit told me to do this, the Holy Spirit told me to do that. He used to tell me that all the time. I'd always cringe whenever he told me that. And he told me one time, yeah, the Holy Spirit told me to go here to this church. The Holy Spirit led me here. And he'd go there and it'd be a mess. It'd be a flop. Well, then he would, after it was a flop, he would try to figure out, well, maybe God brought me here because he was trying to, you know, always trying to use an excuse for why it didn't work out. And I remember thinking, well, maybe you just went there in your own flesh and God didn't lead you there. How about that? But he'd always say that. And a lot of times we do the same thing. You know, I, I, uh, I was looking at a Facebook post this week. There's a couple I married years ago, and I, I told them, I said, now you've got to promise me that if you ever consider divorce, I said, first of all, never consider it. Y'all need to marry till death do you part. But if somehow, if y'all start considering divorce, you've got to promise me that y'all will come see me, and we'll get the Bible, and we'll talk it through before you divorce each other. We all promised me that, and they both said yes. Well, they got a divorce. They didn't come see me, and I saw her celebrating her her new upcoming husband and everything, and and uh, now her third one. Yeah, and I was sitting there watching all that, and just watching it go on, and seeing all the people congratulating. And I'm sure in that woman's mind, she'd say, the Lord wants me to be happy. I'm sure she'd say it. The Lord, want, God wants me to be happy. God's pleased with this. And so we like to make things up of what we, we want to project our feelings upon God. But we're not told to look to ourselves and blame this on God. We're told to look to God. And if you look to God, the way to see God is through His Word. That's how God reveals Himself to us. You can't say, well, I'm going to pray about this right here. I'm not going to seek what the Bible says. I'm not going to do what the Scripture says. I'm just going to say, God, is it your will for me to marry? Well, there's a lady at work. Her, there, She's expecting her first baby, and her husband's one of these real masculine men. I mean, muscled-up masculine men. He wants her to name the child Buster. She didn't want to name her baby boy Buster. But if we say, I, Lord, is it your will for me to marry Buster? You know, I feel in my heart that it, God wants me to marry Buster. That's the way people do. Wait a second. Did you just run off and leave your spouse and commit adultery on your spouse with Buster? Because you think Buster is so handsome and so much more exciting than your husband at home. And now you're praying to God if God wants you to solidify that adultery for life and just continue to live in sin. God doesn't want you to do that. That's not you seeking the Lord and knowing by seeing God's will and His Word. That's you projecting your feelings upon God and blaming Him for your sin. It's wrong. 
But every decision we make should sincerely be brought before God in prayer to see what He would have us to do and examine in His Word what His Word says that we should do in that situation. And Solomon gave us this wonderful promise that in all your ways acknowledge Him, look back in your text, and He shall direct thy paths. If we acknowledge God, and we truly seek to know His will about a certain matter in life, and if we honestly apply the Scriptures that we know to the decision that we make, Solomon says we can rest assured that God directed the path that we took. Folks, this is so beneficial for us tonight. I want to say it again. You come to a path in life, You've got a crossroads. You've got to decide, do I go left? Do I go right? Do I do this or do I not? Do I go back? God, what do I do? I'm laying my heart out to you. I'm seeking your will for this. What do the Scriptures say about this? If I know what the Scriptures say, I then apply those Scriptures to my life. And God, here I go. I have sought you with my whole heart. I put this now in your hands. In obedience to your word. I'm now going to apply your word to my life, and I'm going to take this path. I'm going to take this path. And if we do that, Solomon says we can rest assured that we had God's direction in us taking that path. Why is that so important? Because sometimes we hop off on a path that we sincerely prayed about, that we sincerely applied God's Word to the best we knew how. And after we get down that path, things get bumpy. That road gets bumpy. The water gets choppy. And oh my goodness. And then the first thing the devil does, maybe you went the wrong way. And then we start feeling guilty. Then we start second-guessing ourselves, Right? Solomon's saying that's not how to live. No one needs to second-guess themselves once they're committed. That's like swimming halfway across the lake and then deciding if you want to, if you need to go back or continue going forward. You can't win that way. No one needs to do that. But we can rest assured that if we seek God, we have the direction in the path we took. Even if it doesn't turn out the way we expected it to, we can at least have the peace of mind that it was the will of God. And knowing that will give us so much comfort when the path we took gets bumpier than we expected. I remember when I was seeking God's will about whether or not I should marry. Boy, did I put a lot of time in prayer on that. Oh, did I put a lot of time in prayer. Very earnest, gut-wrenching prayer many times. I prayed so earnestly. I prayed so sincerely. I prayed so specifically. And I remember telling God one time, Lord, that is if I get married, I said, I want to be the answer to somebody's prayer. Little did I know that there was a godly woman in Indiana who was actually making 
a very detailed list in the man she was praying for. Very detailed. And God, having brought the two of us together, time and time and time again as we go through life, I've had her look at me and say, I asked for that. I asked for that. <laughs> so if one of us, for example, were to get burdened down, let's say that, that, that Tammy were to become physically afflicted with some awful disease, and suddenly I become a caretaker, and suddenly my world would seem so much more simple at the time, suddenly just becomes burdened down with this unexpected health situation. Even if we meet those unexpected hardships on the way, we don't have to second guess our marriage because we first sought the Lord. We don't have to second guess our marriage because we first sought the Lord. And that gives confidence. So if I become my wife's caretaker, then I know it's God's will for me. He has called me providentially to be a, a caregiver and a provider for this invalid woman, if that comes to that, God forbid. In knowing that, having that confidence, then I can joyfully do so unto the Lord upon whom I lean. Because I know it's the king's will. It's my service to the king. So I'm going to leave you with a little tidbit tonight. Something like a little jingle you can put in your mind. In all your ways acknowledge him. For if you first seek God, then you won't second guess yourself. In all your ways acknowledge him. For if you first seek God, then you won't second guess yourself. And with that, we'll go ahead and close in prayer. Yes, sir. Our Brother Shepherd, every now and then, takes the sermon and reduces it to poetry, writes a poem in the middle of the sermon. Here he goes, looking forward to it. Consequences of my sin were swift and sure and sore. So quickly to the refuge did I run and lean and more. <sighs> Depending on the word of God, not leaning on my way, I've often to this refuge run, and now I want to stay. So if you'll just acknowledge God and to his counsel heed, then on the path you'll walk with him, but he will take the lead. Oh my, that is wonderful. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah, send that to me, Brother Shepherd, would you? Thank you. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your precious word. Thank you, Lord, for the, um, the agreement, dear Lord God, tonight. The people, Lord, that I'm teaching, Father, some are young and haven't walked very many miles down life's road. Others, Father, are older, and as they hear me 
teach these verses of Scripture. They listen to your word, and they agree in their hearts. They know painfully, Father, the result of uh, leaning on our own understanding. And uh, Lord, I pray, Father, that it will become habitual in our lives. It will become so second nature to us, dear Lord God, that when we're facing decisions, even daily decisions, dear Lord God, not just special decisions, in all our ways, Lord, that we acknowledge you, that we live and walk each step, Father, acknowledging you, running the scripture by us, seeking you in prayer, putting everything before your face and looking to you for our direction. That we'll, Father, first seek you, that we won't second guess ourselves, walking in confidence and grace rather than in fear and regret. I ask these things in Jesus' name.